We hope you enjoy this podcast from Light Church Edithburg. To find out more about us, visit lightchurch.co. Here we go. You doing well? Doing well, yeah. We've got a good friend here. I say it all the time we've got a good friend, because everyone's a friend, right? But, but quite literally here, Seth, we... Um, we, we go a fair way back. I remember the, the same prayer meeting God put on our hearts to leave uni for the second time and go to Bible college. And neither of us were too thrilled about it at the time. <laughs> so we didn't really want to listen, but we did. And, um, but yeah, Seth, he's been here before at our church and uh, actually best man at my wedding. But uh, Seth is the uh, youth and young adults pastor at Influences in Adelaide, uh, doing a great job there, a great blessing, and he's going to be a blessing today for us. So let's give him a hand, welcome him in. Good morning, everyone. How are you doing? Great to be with you today. I love coming to Light Church and being with family. It's awesome. Love Ben and Talia. They are, I think the way they do ministry and family is just phenomenal, hey? You've got uh, great people leading the church and love and honour Pastor Darren and Kerry too, you know, absolutely inspirational people and pray that the word and message I have for you today encourages you and speaks to you. And uh, you've had a good Christmas and New Year's and had some time to enjoy the sun and uh, pray that God just comes and uh, speaks to us today. So let's just pray and then let's get into it, hey? Heavenly Father, we just acknowledge your presence here this morning, God. We're just sensitive to what you want to do and what you want to say. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come and speak to your people today, encourage people with whatever circumstances and situations they're facing, God, I pray that let that active word become alive and active to them and speak directly into situations and circumstances that they're facing, God. We pray that faith would fill our hearts today, Lord God. I pray, pray the presence of God would touch us and I pray that you would move us forward in the destiny and the future that you have. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, a few of you will know me because I've been here a few times now, which is, which is awesome, but I don't think I've ever shared with you where I uh, initially, as a young kid, uh, felt that my greatest passion and my future was in. And so as a young kid where you've got big dreams and big aspirations and you've got big passion for life and, you know, being in primary school, you, you may remember that, you know, the teacher might ask, you know, what do you want to do in your future and get you to dream as to what could happen? And... Uh, Whilst there was a plethora of choices and people around you would dream of, oh, imagine if I could be a pilot or imagine if I could be an astronaut or imagine if I could, you know, be a singer that tours the world or all these big, you know, massive uh, dreams and visions for their life. But for me, I, I, had a, I thought I had a big dream. I thought I had a, a big vision for my future. And I thought that if one day, just one day, God, if I could become a lawnmower man, that maybe that would just be the, the top of my life, that maybe if I could, I would make it big, I would be living my dream if I could just become a lawnmower man. So here is me as a young kid practicing with my dad how to mow the lawns. I took it very seriously. In fact, my nighttime reading as a kid was reading lawnmower magazines, right? I live a very sheltered childhood life, right? And uh, my dad for a while didn't let me play with the real lawnmower, so I had a toiler one to learn how you could possibly cut the lawn and dream into how you could do it. And in fact, my parents remind me that 
I couldn't even pronounce lawnmower, so I'd say mow lawner as a young kid. That's how I'd say <laughs> among the lawns. And um, I think there's another photo as well of me doing <laughs> me living my best life as a young kid. Thought I had a big vision for my life, and uh, thought if one day I could start up Seth's mowing, you know, that would be just incredible. In fact, my sister bought me a T-shirt. <laughs> That's, as a young kid that said Seth's mowing, as so I dreamt of maybe starting a franchise in the future, but um, I don't know if you look back at dreams and visions in your life, or maybe where you are today, and I just pose the question to you, where's your faith at for the future that God has for you? As you sit here today, no matter what age, no matter what stage, no matter what circumstances or situation you're facing, how is your faith going for the future that God has for you. If you're living and breathing, there's a future and there's a destiny that God has. And this morning I've, I've titled my message, Faith for My Future. I've titled that because I've found that faith is sometimes easier to, ha- to have faith for other people. And when we're believing for miracles and healings and God to turn situations and circumstances, it's somewhat easier for us to pray and believe for other people. We can maybe lay hands on them or in our private time at home, pray and ask God to do something supernatural in, in their lives and speak breakthrough and miracles over them. But I found it's another thing to have faith for myself and to really declare the blessings and the promises of God over the situations I'm facing and really believe that God's my provider and that God's my personal healer and have faith for myself. And so my prayer this morning is, as we look at some pieces of Scripture and we allow the presence of God just to speak and touch to you, is that today you would leave with a confidence and a a fresh conviction to have faith for your future. And that would be the declaration out of your mouth. And that would be the belief in your heart that that you you can have faith for the future, for what God has ahead. In Acts 3... We read a a story we're probably well well aware of, of a a man, a lame beggar who was laying at the gate, beautiful, and uh, Peter and John were going to pray at the temple, and we pick up the story in verse 2. It says, as they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day, he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. So Peter and John were going in to pray, and they passed by the gates to get into the temple, and there's a lame beggar sitting beside the gate. And this verse tell, tells us that he was lame from birth, and that every day he would get positioned at this gate. I don't know about you, but when days just seem to all feel the same, I could imagine that that would be this man's story. Every day, his perspective on what he would see and what he would do and what he could hear would be the same. There wouldn't be many new experiences for this guy as he got placed in the same spot every day, day in, day out, that he was seeing the same things, hearing the same things, experiencing the same things. And I could imagine after that it might be What's the point of believing for more? Because every day looks the same and feels the same. I wonder if there's areas of our life this morning that maybe 
feel a bit like that. Feel a bit like, oh, it's, it seemed like it's been a bit the same old, same old. In different seasons, different uh, parts of our family or in our personal walk, where it's felt like, man, nothing seems to be moving forward. It seems to be, I'm believing for the breakthrough, but maybe it's not coming. I only get so far. Maybe disappointment and discouragement has overtaken you. It might seem too hard to overcome, and you might feel close to the breakthrough, but you just seem to not be able to get through the gate. As the lame beggar would sit there, he sits in a position of almost. He sits next to the gate. It's a beautiful gate. It's 60 foot wide, golden brass. It's it's an incredible big gate, but it would be frustrating, I could imagine, that day in, day out, he would see people access what he can't. A position of almost. Uh, Recently, I uh, got a pretty cool... uh, a holiday where me and my family went to Europe for Christmas to visit my brother in London. And uh, thank God for paying parents who look after your accommodation in Europe so you can just tag on the back and, <laughs> and join in with the family. And uh, we had an awesome Christmas, a white Christmas over there. And one of the countries that I got to go to was France. And uh, to be honest with you, my first thoughts of France was City of Love, Eiffel Tower, who cares? right? But I actually went there and I loved it. It's maybe my favorite um, city I went to. And uh, I was amazed that everywhere you would go in Paris, the lines that you would experience are crazy. One day we, when we got there, we went to this place called the Arc de Triomphe, right? And uh, just in case you don't believe me that I went there, I've got a photo to prove that I was there, right? I didn't take that one, but I did take that one. See, there you go. And um, you had to, we, you can't access, it's the, the Arc de Triomphe is in the middle of a big intersection with about eight or so lanes coming into it. And you have to go through one of the sides to get underground, to get to the middle, and then to eventually get uh, right next to the Arc de Triomphe. And we booked a ticket to be able to walk 280 steps to the top to get a view of the city. But we're trying to figure out how do we get there? And we uh, go underground and... Uh, we find that there's a line of a couple hundred people waiting underground. We thought, surely, if you've got a ticket, this can't be the line that you uh, have to wait in to uh, get go on the walk. And uh, we eventually found someone and asked, you know, if we've got a ticket, do we have to get on the line? They said, no, no, you go straight through. And we're like, yes, you know, that's awesome. We go up, we go past that massive line, walking at people and smiling and waving at them. And uh, we get up. To, underneath the Arc de Triomphe, and there's another line of another couple of hundred people. And we thought, if we have a ticket, do we have to get in this line too? Not realizing that the ticket, that the people downstairs were just waiting to get told that they could go upstairs to get into another line. And then another line to get into the security line. To the security line to get into the line to give your ticket in. There's four different lines that you have to get into, all with hundreds of people in, waiting to be able to walk up the Arc de Triomphe. It's crazy, right? But I tell you, it felt good that we had a ticket, that every point that we encountered a line, we went to the guy, and we got told straight through. And it was a very satisfying feeling. I tell you the story, one, to brag on my Europe holiday, but two, to tell you 
that it was good to be able to walk past people who were in a position of almost. They were getting frustrated at it. One person said, why are you letting these people through? And the security guard had to tell them, he said, oh, you don't have a time on your ticket, these guys have a time. And we just smiled and looked back at them and they were getting very frustrated, right? It's like if you've ever been on an aeroplane and uh, when they make the call to be able to board the aeroplane and they say, all business class guests, or if you're a platinum gold member, you know, please, you have priority boarding first. And you can just see that those people love it. You know, they carry their bags and they're straight through the gate. And there's all us economy folk who have to wait to be able to hop on the plane secondary. <laughs> but I could imagine that it, it's, it's, it's annoying and it's frustrating when you see people be able to access things that you can't. And maybe there's things that you've been believing for or asking God for and try to remain in faith for, but you can relate to this lame beggar who's maybe seeing other people get their miracles and breakthroughs and you say, God bless them, but God, where's mine? God, I, I want to see you, your hand upon my life. God, I want to see, uh, see my life step into the desires that I have and maybe things that have been holding you back. And these breakthroughs and these promises, you're wondering, oh, it's, it's frustrating because I'm waiting in this position of almost. We read on in Acts 3, verse 3, it says, When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Now, I find this very interesting that a lame beggar would ask for money. I'm sure you've thought about and pondered that question too. But my head asked the question is on day one when he got put beside the gate... I wonder what he asked for. On day one when he got put there, was his first posture to just ask for money? Or did he maybe ask for something more? Did he maybe ask for his healing and his miracle to take place? But maybe day after day, I just wonder, if day after day, if his faith maybe got worn out and maybe he just lowered his faith to a place of, if I could just get some money, to help my temporary life, my current circumstance get better for a little season. Oh, that would help me to a place of, am I just going to believe for some money? See, I wonder, maybe there's things in our life that maybe we've lowered our faith for. Maybe things have come against us and worn us down and one day we used to believe for this in our family or in our health or in our future, but maybe over time, We've been worn down to just asking for some money, asking for something to change our temporary conditions rather than grab a hold of the promises and the breakthrough and have faith to believe in the supernatural God who can do things in your life and not settle for what we see as possible. In Jeremiah 29, 11, we see this great verse. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. That's a good verse to speak over yourself and declare, amen? A lot of us have heard that verse, but I wonder if we know the context of that verse, because truth is, is that verse is a great verse. It's an awesome verse. It's a powerful verse, but it's in the middle of a pretty bad chapter. You see, Jeremiah 29 speaks about the Jews being taken from Jerusalem to Babylon. And they'd been a bit rebellious and uh, hadn't obeyed God 
and they were really under the disciplinary hand of God. And so what happens is they get placed in exile as their judgment. And uh, to live in Babylon wasn't a good place. It's not, if you were a Christian, you don't want to be there. It's pagan territory, right? It's not a good place to be able to cultivate a good faith in God. And um, they're experiencing all these things and this oppression and things going wrong for them. And then in the middle of them facing this, then pop, verse 11 pops up, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. In the middle of this situation, that there seems to be no hope, no future, and the people could be very discouraged, comes this promise and this conviction, God says and reminds His people, I know the plans that I have for you. Maybe this is my youth pastor brain, but I, I imagine this kind of scenario sometimes with us and God. Uh, we're spending time with God, and I kind of imagine it like a meeting. And maybe, you know, I come in with a clipboard or something like that. And I walk into a clipboard with my meeting with God, and I just say, God, I'm just wanting to get a progress report on uh, this area of my life. Uh, I just want to know if you can give me an update on how this is going maybe in my health, maybe my finances, maybe in my family, whatever it is for you. God, I, can you give me a progress report just so I know where it's, where it's at? Because I think on my records, it's, it's a bit behind schedule. And God says, what do you mean progress report? And you respond, I just want to see how it's tracking. You know, just wanting to know, are we, is it this timing of this working out with what I had thought and what I've planned in my life? And imagine God just turning to us and saying, are you breathing? And our response would be, yep. And then God responds, the plans are in place. They're all on track. I feel like my response would be, if I could see your timeline, God, so I can just update my timeline so we don't have to waste our meetings going back and forth and we can just get on the same page, that would be, that would be handy. I can stop questioning you and wasting our precious time together, but I imagine God just laughing. He says, yep, if you're still breathing, the plans are in place. I, uh, after school, I went and studied at uni and... I uh, got a double bachelor in business and ministry, but all throughout my study in high school and in uni, I wasn't a fan of exams. I hated tests and exams. I would always prefer to do assignments because I felt like I know what I could, I could get good grades on that rather than come to a test or exam and have no idea what they're going to ask and all the information I needed to know. Uh, the one time I didn't mind a test, though, was when they would have something called an open book test. Has anyone heard of that, right? Where you can take in some study materials or a textbook or whatever they permitted you to do uh, to be able to take into the exam to use as a resource to get your answers for the exam or the test questions. Because all the test answers were in the book or in the study materials. And so that made me a lot more confident that I could do it. But truth be told, I kind of felt like it was cheating a bit because you'd have all the answers there. 
This is what I've learned about faith, is that the greatest lessons of faith happen in the dark. They happen when we don't know the plans. They happen when we don't know what's going on. They happen when we wonder why, but our posture and our response is to say, God, you know. God, you know. That's why 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7, it says, for we live by faith and not by sight. It might be unclear about areas of your life that you're believing for, that maybe you've been frustrated by, you've been asking God about. But if you could grab a hold of Him and hold true to faith in this season of your life and choose to not live by what you see around you, but rather grab a hold of faith and see the promises of God and what's possible to Him, and keep strong in your faith. There was a man in the Bible who we all know as the father of faith, Abraham. And uh, Abraham gets a promise, but he has some natural obstacles in the way. We read in Romans 4 verse 18, it says, even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept believing, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. Abraham had a promise, something he was believing for and asking God for, and that God spoke to him about that he would become a father. The only problem was in the natural, we know that he was getting pretty old. Some might think that if he had one more sneeze, who knows if he'll survive. He was about 100, and people say that Sarah was about, his wife was about 90. And to have a baby at that age, we don't have to imagine too much, it'd be pretty tough. It pretty seems in the natural like it's not going to happen. But this verse says to me that even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. I don't know about you, but if there's any reason for me to hold on to hope, I'm using that reason. The sun is shining today. <laughs> I'm going to hold on. It's going to be a good day. I've done, my, I've done my devotions for a few days in a row. That's a reason to hope that God would work. My coffee's been good today. It's a reason to have hope. The family is getting on today. It's a reason to have hope. I look for anything to give me hope. But Abraham kept believing without any reason for hope. We read on in Romans 4 verse 20, it says, Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, it says, his faith grew stronger and in this he brought glory to God. I found this astounding that in the reality, and as he looked at the facts of the situation, I mean, if my faith just stays the same, I think I'm winning. I think I'm doing okay, if I can just hold on. But in this circumstance, Abraham's faith grew stronger. 
What a mighty man of God he is that in the reality of what he would see around him, he would choose to not live by sight or what it seems possible or logical or reasonable, but instead his whole hope and his whole foundation in his faith would be purely based on what God could do. I wonder what our faith would look like if it wasn't framed or based on our past. Nor was it based around our current circumstances in life. But I wonder what our faith would look like if it was purely based, what our prayers would sound like, what the declaration out of our mouth would be like if it's based purely on what's possible with God. Matthew 19 verse 26 says, Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible, but with God, everything is possible. And the conviction out of our hearts today can be that He has a plan. And the plan, the Scripture says, is filled with two things. It's a hope and it's a future. A hope that doesn't just go with where the wind blows in our life. It's not a wishy-washy hope. It's a strong conviction and a hope knowing that He's good and that He'll be faithful to His Word and to His promises. And it's based on a future that God knows our tomorrow and He will go there with us. And so I I just want to finish this morning on three very, I promise, very quick, small practical things for us to grab a hold of that declaration that I have faith for my future. Maybe if the keys could come, that would be awesome. Number one, my encouragement to you this morning is to not look back. How easy is it in times for the devil to remind us of things in our past and things that we feel like we're we're failed in or ashamed of or struggled in, why we aren't good enough, what's gone wrong, the mistakes we've made, and we get caught up in things of the past. But I know that you can't walk forward by looking back. Philippians 3 verse 13 says, No, dear brothers and sisters, I've not achieved it, but I focus on one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. This morning, maybe there's some things that you need to let go of in your past in order to, to grab a hold of the future and the destiny that God has for your tomorrow. Number two thing is, trust God with your today. When Jesus is teaching the disciples the Lord's Prayer, it says in Matthew 6, 11, it says, Give us today our daily bread. God will give you what you need today. As you wake up every morning, maybe for the strength, maybe the wisdom, the guidance, the peace, the joy, 
whatever it is that you need. God, give me today my daily bread. And he will give you what you need for that day. And as each day as you trust him and see the hand of God, it'll build you confidence that he's good and that he's faithful and that he has a plan. Trust God with your today. And number three, seek him. Jeremiah 29, it goes on in verse 12 and 13 to say, In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. God's saying to his people, just look to me. Don't look and search for where the answer might come from, how it might come about, how that miracle, how that breakthrough how the thing you've been believing for, or the, the desire in your heart, how's it going to happen in the natural and the practical? He's saying, just search for me. Just seek me. Just spend time with me. Just talk to me. Just do life with me. As you wake up in the morning, as you spend time with family, as you do your job, whatever your day is filled with, just spend time with him because God's greatest desire is intimacy with you. Intimacy and connection with you. And when you and God are strong and talking and walking every day together, it'll build your faith for the future that He has for you. I love what the psalmist says in Psalms 31 verse 15, it says, my future is in your hands. And I wonder today if we could let that be the prayer that we pray, where we could settle in our hearts, knowing that what comes and what goes, what happens, what doesn't happen, I'm not going to choose to stress or worry or live in fear or doubt. I'm going to have faith for my future, knowing that God has a plan. And the plan is to give me a hope and a future. It's for good. And that God, my future, it's in your hands. Uh, after my holiday from Europe, I came back and I've just stepped into a new role at our church, looking after youth and young adults. And it's a big role. It's an exciting role. It's an important role for the church and the future of our church. And when we told the church a few weekends ago, people were, were very kind, but people would come up to me and say, Seth, how are you going to do it? What are you going to do? What plans do you have? How are you going to manage them both? All, all very kind, <laughs> wondering how it's going to work out. And my overwhelming response to them was, I don't know. But what I do know is, is we just trust God for His plans and we wait for His plans to unfold and we seek Him and we let Him guide us. He's got good. He's got the best plan. And we're going to wait on that. Truth this morning is I look at many of you and I don't know how you do it. I don't know 
how you've journeyed through life, faced the things that you've had to face, but you still come to church, you still praise and worship God, and you still seek Him. I don't know how you've raised a family and lived through everything that you've had to battle through, worked so hard. I don't know. But I do know that it's just showing me that God's got a plan for you that's unfolding every day. It's a good plan and you're in the midst of it and that God's in the midst of my plans. And if we can come to a place of just surrendering and trusting in God, and today I pray that as we've read Scripture and we've allowed God to speak to us, that your faith is stirred, that this year in 2023, maybe in the seasons that are ahead, amen, I thought it was my watch for a second, that no matter what you're facing, that you would have faith for your future based on the possibilities of what God could do. And that our prayer this morning was, God, my future is in your hands. Can I pray for you this morning? If you would, would you just close your eyes and just open up your hearts to heaven and just allow the presence of God in just this moment just to rest on you, rest on the things that maybe you're carrying, maybe the things that you've been burdening, burdened by, the things that maybe have been making you feel unclear about this year or the future that's ahead or, God, how's that area of my life going to work out? God, I've been believing for year after year. I've been in a position of almost. God, I, I'm seeking you. But today you will just rest. Rest in his plan. His plan that's good and filled with a hope and a future. Dear God, I thank you for every person in this room. God, you know them by name. You know every situation and circumstances they're facing. You know every detail of their life, their biggest struggle, the worst fear. God, the best and the, and the blessings, Lord God, that you've blessed them with today. You know everything that's going on in their world. And God, in this moment, I pray that you would realign our heart, realign our mind, realign our thoughts, realign our language, God, to have a declaration in our spirit that, God, you are good, that, God, you are faithful, that, God, whilst there's still breath in our lungs, there's a purpose and there's a reason for tomorrow, and that, God, that you're ultimately working out that master plan. And my worry, God, and my decision and my conviction today is I'm not going to choose to live in stress I'm not going to live in worry. I'm not going to live in doubt. I'm just asking your Holy Spirit, God, to fill people today with peace and joy, knowing that you go before us, that you're already in our tomorrow. And I pray, Lord God, that the presence of God fill us with a strength and a boldness and a desire to seek you and know you more, God. And I pray that this year, Lord God, the miraculous supernatural answers and miracles, just like that lame beggar, that God, in your divine appointment, God, we would see the miraculous hand of God. I pray, Lord God, that people would come with testimonies of your healing, of your provision, of family situations being turned around, Lord God. God, whatever it is that is weighing on our hearts this morning, we choose to trust you and give it over to you because our future is in your hands. We thank you for it, God. 
You are good and you are faithful. And that is the conviction out of our spirit this morning. Lord God, let it be all for your glory. Let it be all be for your namesake. We thank you, Jesus, and your awesome and your powerful name this morning. Amen. Amen.